This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who joins me in being ready to be done with this show, Ryan Nelson. Uh, boy, I can't wait to discuss that part. But uh, <laughs> can you imagine being Flynn and having tons of people wanting to get inside your mind? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> if you if you want to come after my mind, people, be careful what you wish for. It's all I'm going to say. That's right. Be careful what you wish for, because you, you don't want to jump into that too quickly. So No, no. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the 8th and final episode of the first season of Prime Video's Peripheral, titled The Creation of a Thousand Forests. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by writing us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating if you have time. Write us a review if you are on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to interact with the show, though, in other ways, you can send us an email to our new Gmail account. It is mainattractionpod at gmail.com. So if there's anything you'd like to send us, whether it's comments, uh, questions, or anything like that about what we cover here on the show, feel free to open up to us and send us an email at mainattractionpod at gmail.com gmail.com hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline. So, as I alluded earlier, I think we're both <laughs> kind of glad that this show is over. So, I'm just going to let you kind of yeah. open up. Uh, what were your general overall thoughts on the season finale of The Peripheral? Absolute snorefest. Just boring. It starts off with a great scene between Connor and Flynn. Mm-hmm. And then there, it was talky-talky. Yeah. No action after that. And I... You know, there are times when I know I'm bored because I picked up my phone and scrolled Twitter a good bit of this episode. There was way too much Wilf, way too much Alita, way too much, uh, God, I can't, uh, Shanice, very little Burton. Yeah, yeah, very very little little Burton. Uh, You know, uh, just boring. I mean, uneven. Yeah. You want to. The last couple of episodes, we felt good mm-hmm. about where the show is going. This is not how you you end a series, especially they don't know for sure they're getting a season two. They feel good about it. They're right. working on. I was reading something with Lisa Joy where they're like, "Oh yeah, we have season two and three already planned out." I'm like, "Well, could you have worked on one?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, here's the deal with me. I, look, it, it is boring. I'm not. I agree with you 100. percent But that wasn't even my biggest issue with it. My biggest issue with a lot of these things, like even the thing that you talked about, the scene that they have between Connor and Flynn. Yeah, it's a good scene, but 
it feels so good. As soon as I saw this thing, it's like, okay, one, this feels completely shoehorned because they're trying to yes. set up, they're, they're trying to set up the fact that these two have like this really close relationship and they haven't done that at all throughout the course of, of the season. That's uh, a good point. They've had very, they've had some interaction. The very first, the very first episode, they almost kind of look like they almost see. This is another problem with the show. I'm because I, I remember this now. They make it look like uh, Connor likes Burton. Yeah, I mean, likes mm-hmm. Flint. Right. Because remember, he rescues her when he sees her at the bar. It, right. it kind of lights up. Now, granted, is that because of a friend or is that because of a romantic? I thought they make it look like I actually thought her, her and Connor were going to be end up being a romantic right. thing, but. Now we're going back to that at the end of the episode. This yeah. is another problem with the show. Too many unanswered questions and plots that just yeah. never get fully developed and just you forget about. Like right. it's like I said, I guarantee as I mentioned this about Connor, uh, you know, kind of look like he had a thing for Flynn. Others are like, you know what? He's right. I do kind of remember that. Yeah. And it never gets mentioned again. It doesn't get mentioned again. And another thing that I have an issue with is, you know, they're sitting there when they finally find Alita West. I have, I have a couple of problems with this. One, when he, when Wilf is basically telling the story of his childhood and about his family and all this type of stuff and how they have this their own little kingdom and all this type of stuff. Right. And Flynn tells him, well, where was that? And he's like, Oh, yeah. Duh. That's where it would be. Of course it would be. I was very much like Alita West when they finally get there, and she says, it took you long enough. I was like, duh. I'm right there with you, Alita. (laughs) I mean, what are we doing? I know they tried to make it look like, well, his memories are are white, but if he could all of a sudden uh, remember how how wiped were his memories. Right, exactly. Yeah. I I just had such a big issue. Then, then you know, we finally get Alita West because this is the person that everybody's been trying to track down since, I guess, episode two was when they last saw when Wilf and her had their last conversation. And the big reveal is that she's plotting a revolution and she's got these people that just kind of appear out of nowhere. I'm like... Okay, I guess that's fine, but it, I don't know, it just kind of seemed to just, it was so anticlimactic. I mean, you, was. you expect that when they finally find her, you expect it to be a much bigger deal than it ends up being. Right. And I was just so completely underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. There was way, way too much London. It way really was. too much. And then you end that with, <laughs> you end that with Flynn's not going to be in most of, North Carolina anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So then I was just like, "What?" Yeah, we're Are about we to get. Re- we're going to get to that in a second. I yeah, want to spend a lot of time like, on that because, like, uh, to me, we kind of made fun of him the first episode because of his uh, of his accent a little bit. But Jack Rayner may have been the best part of this show. Yeah, he may and have been. He is in so little mm-hmm. of this episode. Right, he is, and he- his. The, oh, I mean, the only was, th- the only time he was in it was like after they when they disconnect from the peripheral. He, he, he talks to he talk, and that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you don't you see him talking to? He's helping the mom. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. But I mean, he doesn't say anything. He's in very little. This is a you know, like I said, he was such a strong character all through this, and to have very little, and like you said, to have. Alita took up a ton. Ash, Wilf, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just like Wilf, too much on the screen. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he he really was. I mean, I guess I can kind of see why they put him in here as much as they and do. And I like him. Yeah, I do too. And I guess while because they're what they're having to wrap up is they're trying to or trying to at least push forward is they're trying to push forward the London stuff. And by trying to push that forward, you need Wilf in a lot of it. But with, to get no Burton, I mean, and there are actually some people who I've read, because I've read some recaps, and they like the London stuff a lot more than they like the North Carolina stuff, which I don't understand at all. I don't see how. Yeah, I don't the only, the, only, the only thing in the North Carolina, uh, I didn't really love the Corbell Pickett's gang, because yeah. all of a sudden they show back up. They show back really up like, again. That was another thing. Mm-hmm. I like Jasper. I think he's yeah. a good character. Obviously, he's going to have a bigger part in season two, if there is one. Right. I really like him. Uh, but I love how are we try are they trying to make it look like Jasper's a villain because he killed that crew? I'm like clapping when they all die. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about that as well because that was another thing. Like. I- I, I kind of liked what they were doing with Jasper with this uh, mm-hmm. I, for up until he decides to call his wife because like one there's the issue of his crew shows up all of a sudden as since we haven't seen him since like episode four and oh, yeah. like where you been guys we haven't seen you in forever oh. now all of a sudden that looks like Corbell Pickett might be dying uh, yeah you know they're trying to divide up the kingdom and I didn't even recognize one of the dudes I didn't That's even talk about the one bit. sitting next to him Jasper yes. I, I was like yes. who is that guy. Do, I, know. I don't even remember him but yeah uh so they're trying to like divide up the kingdom and the, you know jasper is getting mad and he's finally looks like he's going to you know do something about this and they're all passed out completely drunk and so he parks the the suv onto the train track and he's like and he makes a call to his wife and like i said i'm kind of with this at this point i like this turn for jasper i like i do too yeah I, I like this but then when he makes the call to his wife and she says and he tells him about that story about uh, you told me when we were playing this game, I don't remember what game it was. Uh, and you Monopoly. I oh, was it Monopoly. Okay. Uh, when we were playing Monopoly, and you said uh, you mistake uh, kindness for weakness or something along those lines, and he's like, you know, basically trying to say I'm I'm no longer being kind. And she's like, oh, I was just I was I didn't really mean it. I just wanted you to win for once, like. All of a sudden, that's supposed to like they're like dumping a lot on us. All of a sudden, like right. these two, we haven't really seen that much interaction know, between and we, the two of them. And we love Billy Ann, and we've barely seen her the last couple episodes. She was she was prominent in the Bob episode, right. but that besides that, very little. Well, we haven't seen her, and also we haven't seen the two of them interact that much. The only time right, we really right, saw right. them interact yeah. was when he was he taking the money to Corbell. I yeah, mean, yeah. and so now all of a sudden we're getting them to interact, and we're supposed to believe that there's this really this significant moment in their history that has kind of brought them to this point. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to hang on to. I'm like, that's not working for me. Guys. I'm yeah, sorry. It's I, just not. I have a feeling a lot of Jasper's plot lines were deleted. I kind of feel that way too, because he, I, the, the actor, what is his name? who plays him? I've seen Chris him. Chris Coy. And I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. He's in a lot of stuff. This is a good get for the show, having him in this. And I don't I, think he would do this show with if it was this little. And like he, could said, do, yeah. he could do another show. He could. He could. And I really believe he, he got stuck on the cutting room floor a lot because he's yeah. just not in it nearly as much as I thought he would be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I said, I mean, I like I like the turn there, but then they kind of like turn it back where he's thinking, oh no, I need to stop this. I need to stop this. I'm like, don't just let him. Just let him kind of take this turn as kind of yeah. a of a me first i'm mm-hmm. gonna look out for me and if you cross me this is what ends up happening i'm like let's let's explore that some but know that they don't really do that i don't know what they're going to do with the character now because he's gonna yeah. feel bad about that i mean i just right. I, I don't understand what they were doing with that once they finally actually they actually pull off the scene that they plan to pull off yeah, I, I don't get cause, it because i thought what was going to happen was 
because obviously with Corbell being alive, he's going to tell Jasper, uh, Tommy Constantine shot me. Right, exactly. And he's now in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and you could tell Tommy knows that. He's right. like, oh, no, he's alive. I'm in his pocket now. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can see so that. I, and I thought Jasper was going to end up being the leader. And then, he, like you said, he was going to have a Breaking Bad type turn where right. he becomes kind of a villain, which I would be all for. But now it's... I, it's, it's very murky. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that's what happened in the book. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, but it it doesn't come across very well in in, in this no. show. It really doesn't. Um, and, and, and again, as we talked about, Chris Coy is really good. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. He, he's really good. And like I said, I just don't I don't get that. Uh, then you have everything with Flynn, and this part of it, I just don't understand it. it part of this is this one of the things that I have a really big issue with this, and we've discussed this. They don't do a really good job of explaining what is actually happening or the details about how things actually work in this. Like I said, they don't really talk about, I mean, the stubs, we don't really get a good explanation right. of it until this episode. And we don't really get that great of an explanation of it, to be perfectly I, honest I, with I you. Don't th- I don't think so. I, don't I mean, think so. it takes a little bit. The stubs make more of a, take more of a center stage, but stubs are talked about kind of in passing a lot throughout the course of the season, but they don't really go into details about how they work or why they work and all this type of stuff. And one of the things they are doing is they are doing the thing that I just absolutely hate where they're trying to say, all right, because there's so much of this, you know what I'm asking you to do. You know what I need you to do. They don't, but they don't ever actually come out and say it Yeah. because what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, they're trying to come out and let you know that they're trying to say that, Flynn is going to be killed, but they don't want to say that Flynn is going to be killed. Right, right. And because they're not really going into details about how or why that's going to be executed, why this is going to take place, we don't understand. Like, she goes into this off-site location for stubs or whatever for the, for the RI. Yeah. How does she know how to work this thing? I mean, she just walks in, puts the, the stopwatch in there, and or not the stopwatch, the pocket watch in there, yeah. and touches the year, and a new stub is created. How does she know exactly what point in time did she create that stub? Thank you. See, this was my complaint the last episode where they walk into the butcher shop, and yeah. they and she immediately knows everything about these butcher people, and you don't see them discuss it at all because this is another problem where. Flynn is almost is supposed to be like the like she's supposed to be like us, where where everything has to be told to her so right. we can learn. And then all of a sudden they have these scenes where she knows more than we do, and we don't know how she learned it exactly. And like I said, I, I don't just what about that machine? Does she know like in her head when she touches it? Does it know exactly what point to yeah. make the stub? And the whole her being sh- shot and killed by uh, Connor. I, I, they want us to be like really emotionally moved by this. Right. right they right. really do. But the problem they is they've already told us that Flynn is going to still be alive because it's going to be a different version of her. And so uh, it's like, like they want us to be really sad about this because the, the, the version of Flynn that we have seen throughout the course of this entire season is about to be dead. And it's going to be, it's really the same version though. It's just because it takes place. Like it branches off. I think just right before all this stuff happens. So we're still got the character. We've still got the actress. Why am I supposed to be that upset about her actually kill, being killed at this point? Dude. And I, and I have to see the dude, <laughs> you know what I immediately hit me? All these actors are going to be back. In yes, they are. Two or three. 
there's no doubt we're going to see Bob. Bob's going to be killing them in another timeline. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Corville Pickett's wife's going to be alive. The Jasper crew is going to be alive. Yeah, in another you're probably timeline. right about that. I ain't thought about that. Oh God, that hit that hit me. That there's no death in here that is um, consequential. That is, yeah, yeah. It's no f- finality to a death. We're going to see them in different timelines. And, and if we don't, then I mean, are they really going to explore two different timelines? That's what I don't understand about this. Yeah. Like. Are we just going to get the new timeline that she creates right. when she creates this stub? What? Are, how are we doing this? And I, like I said, I just don't get it at all. I don't get what they were yeah. trying to accomplish and, with this finale. I just don't get it. And, and I'm going to say it: if you get rid of her and Burton having those scenes together, that's been some of our favorite stuff from. Yeah, this it season. is. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that's pretty much gone well i mean they could do it in the new timeline i mean that's the thing i mean they can do but it it's not go- yeah i mean because I, I mean know. basically from what i gather is it's like the new stub that she creates is like right before is like right before she goes and meets with ainsley lobeer and that's yeah. where the new stuff takes over because the the new version of her the, the new version when she wakes up and ainsley lobeer tells her well let's get started i mean she still has all the memories that she has before the new stuff was created so like i said so i mean they can it's just this whole idea and it's like you said i mean everything that they do i didn't even think about the the crew getting killed that they could still be back because it's in a new stuff and all that type of stuff yeah i mean any emotional impact that we're supposed to get from this you know with connor look i get it it's tough for connor to kill to kill flint i understand that but it's it means nothing because that's if I don't even see the purpose of going and exploring that timeline any further. I mean, I just well, the only thing that's gonna it's gonna have him having the grief of that, and then Burton's gonna find out, and it's gonna cause friction between them two. You yeah. can see that that's gonna happen. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even see the purpose of even going into it. I mean, I really don't. I mean, yeah. if if the new stub is what's how they're going to like go after the RI and all this type of stuff, I, I just right. I don't see why they'll even go back to the original stuff that they were exploring in this. I, I just don't understand yeah. that at all. So, you know, just talking to you, you know what has come up? There that? have been these little problems that we have ignored, and just they like, come to a head in this. They come, and then you realize they've been there the whole time, and we've yeah, just have. ignored them. And we thought, ah, oh, that's been fine. Yeah, and you're, I, you're right. I, yeah, and I think they've, like you said, they've come to a head, and you realize there's more issues. And it's it's frustrating because this is a really strong cast. Yeah, it is. And it's and, really frustrating because this is a show, for the most part, that I have enjoyed. Yeah. And the last taste that I have of from this season is just absolutely awful. I mean, it really yeah, I is. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, you know, you've mentioned it before. I've enjoyed the show. I wasn't as excited to watch it as I have been some of the other shows, but I've enjoyed it. And like I said, uh, Eli Gore is an actor. I can't wait to see what he does next. Jack Rayner is the same way. Oh, yeah. But like, uh, you know, I just think we're wasting this. Uh, Maybe, you know, when you finish a, a season, especially when you don't know that you're going to get a season two, mm-hmm. you want to be having people like, I can't wait for season two. Right. I cannot wait. And they did not, they did they not fulfill that here. They did not. They did not fulfill it at all. I mean, I was just very much, I was completely underwhelmed. And like I said, the previous episode was my favorite episode. It was the one I enjoyed the most. So I, for the first time in this, and we talked about this, for the first time in this eight 
episode se- episode eight episode season, I was really looking forward to this this show. I was finally all right. I'm I can't wait for yeah. for Friday to get here and I can finally watch this. And it was just I was just like oh my gosh this is just not yeah. good I don't enjoy this at all uh, right. I was just completely taken out of it I, I just didn't like it all then we have the the after let's talk about the after credit oh, scene awful it took like ten minutes I'm like why is this a post credit thing I thought the same thing that took forever because I was sitting there thinking like oh because it felt like this was a really short episode I was like and so I hit pause and I saw that it still had like thirteen minutes left like. I guess we're getting a post a post credits, but how long is that thing going to be? And it's it's like ten minutes long. I mean, that's part of this. You don't. It should have just been put into the regular story. And let's yeah, go ahead and talk about have. it. And basically, because a post credits thing is supposed to lead you into what you're going to do in the next season or the next movie or whatever it may be. And that's what they're doing with this. But it took forever for yes. it to develop because it's Lev Zuboff and his wife. Uh, they finally reunite the two of them. Actually, this is the first time we've actually seen the two of them together, to be perfectly honest. Uh, right. They're having a discussion, and he's supposed to be meeting with his father. And instead of his dad, there's these three men that are there that are part of, I guess, the clipped. And they're basically telling him, they basically take 10 minutes to tell him, you got to get rid of all the evidence. And if you don't, we're going to kill you. That's basically, yeah. they took I mean, 10 yeah. minutes to do that. Yes. That, I mean, that's the bottom line. It was 10 minutes to do that. And it was boring. Yeah, it really because was. These, are, these, these aren't actors I recognize. No, they weren't rec- actors I recognize either. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, if you had. You know, John Lithgow, Richard Dreyfus, and Michael Caine doing that right. scene. I'm into it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're but right. I, I had no idea. I don't recognize these guys, and they're rambling on. I mean, no, boring. Yeah, it was. It was completely boring, and it lasted for about 10 minutes. And I was like, why are we yeah. doing this for so long? Like, is there something really big I'm supposed to get here? Because, I mean, I, I kind of figured what they were about to say is, you got to get rid of all the evidence of this. And if you don't, yeah. we're coming after you. And that's exactly what they said. And they took 10 minutes to do it. And I was just like, I, I don't really care that much. Yeah. And I would like, I still would like to hear from some book readers. Like, are we missing something? It, you know, are you more excited after watching this? Is there something we're missing? You know, that, that makes, that makes this episode like you excited about season two. Right. I don't Maybe know. we're missing something. I, I don't feel like we are. I don't feel like we are either, but I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see. So, uh, it, it was very underwhelming. It was a very underwhelming yeah. season finale. I was, like I said, it's a show that I, for the most part I've enjoyed. And then to leave me with this bad taste in my mouth, you know, well, let's just talk about it real quick. Do you think they get another, a second season? I think they probably do because I, I didn't realize they had signed, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan to a big contract. Oh, really? Yeah, then we're getting Amazon. a second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I feel like they're getting one. But I, uh, since we're bringing them up, boy, this gave me some bad Westworld PTSD. Yeah, it, it did too. It, it did me as well. And like I said, I mean, you know, if they get a second season, I'll probably watch it just because I, I yeah. want to see where it goes. But I'm, I'm not just like I'm not over the moon about trying to find a second no. season for it. So. No, I'm with you on that. And not to mention. We're so late, and they don't know for sure. It's at least 2024 before we get something. It's probably yeah. late 2024. Probably. If I had to guess, that would be the case. So, All right. Uh, so do we want to go ahead and do awards? Yeah, let's do the awards. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we do six season awards at the end of a season, whenever we come to the end of a season of a television show. Uh, up first for us, and they're all based on the characters of Friends, so up first we have the Rachel, who is the star of the show. Who is your Rachel? I think we'll probably both be the same on this. Yeah, I'm going co on this one. I'm going okay. calling Grace Moretz as Flynn, and I'm going Jack Rayner as Burton. Okay, I, I'm just one with Chloe Grace Moretz. I just didn't feel like Jack Rayner was in it enough to be yeah. at the star level. I, I liked his character a lot, and it's kind of hinting at where I'm going next. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I said, I, I hope they use him more, especially in outside of the finale when they uh, get ready yeah. to use him more in that one. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on definitely on Chloe Grace Moretz. The, the, she was really good, and Jack Rayner's really good too. And we'll talk about him more in a second. But yeah. uh, next is the Joey. So, what's your Joey? I went with these characters that were kind of added that really made this show better. Of course, they didn't get enough in the uh, finale. I thought Inspector Lobeer uh, was really good. Mm-hmm. Alexandra Billings. I thought Corbell Pickett, uh, Lewis Hertham was really good. And then Bob, uh, played by Ned Dennehy. Uh, you know, they Bob wasn't in every episode, but the episodes he were in, he made a lasting impression, and I, yes. I, I was happy. I was happy to, anytime those three were on screen. I was very happy, so that's why I picked them as the Joey. Uh, I went with Jack Rayner here as Burton Fisher. Uh, just he's just a, a good character. I really enjoyed he him. Is. Like I said, I yeah. didn't think he was on here enough to, to give him uh, the Rachel status, but I, I really enjoyed his character a lot. I thought I hope that this will kind of propel him a little bit for, uh, forward yeah, and, and give him a little bit more uh, available stuff for him to do. In so uh, next for us is the Chandler, the person who makes you laugh the most. Who's your Chandler? I have a feeling we're going to have the same person. Probably. It is uh, Connor, <laughs> yes. uh, Eli Gore. Yeah, he was the consistent. I mean, his, his was pretty consistent. Yes. I mean, yes. when he was on screen, he was making you laugh for the most part uh, whenever yes. he was on screen. So uh, I'm with and, you on that And one. more Connor in season two, please. Yes, definitely more Connor in season two. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, next for us is the Phoebe, the character who doesn't, who's kind of the oddball of the cast. Who is your Phoebe? I went with uh, Ash, uh, Katie Luang, Luang. Uh, because her character was like, you thought she was going to be the good guy, she's right. the bad guy. I, I guess she's back to. She was kind of mixed in this. Yeah, one. she was, she was kind mm-hmm. of the good guy and the bad guy. So I went with her. Uh, I went with Alita West because we never never really understood. Uh, yeah, that could I could have gone. And with she's her played too, by yeah. Charlotte Riley. Uh, like I said, I just, we never really knew what she was going to be or who she was, what was going to come about by what she was doing. So uh, that's where I went with for. That's who I went with for the Phoebe. Uh, next is the Monica, just a character who has an important role that just hasn't really been mentioned at this point. So who's your Monica? I went with Gary Carr as Wilf. Yeah, that's where I went as well too. Mm-hmm. He's look. I like I like Wilf. I like Gary Carr. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think they need to kind of figure out more of the London stuff if they do a season two. Yes, yeah. they so. do, and they they need to. They, unfortunately, he was in some of the worst plot. It wasn't his. Excuse me, it wasn't his fault. Right, but it makes him look like a worse character than he is. Yeah, I think you're correct about that. So. All right, and last but not least is the Ross, the person who you like the least. It could be because of a bad performance, or it could just be because the character was supposed to be unlikable. Who's your Who's your Ross? I'm going J.J. Field as Lev Zubal, uh, and buddy, that uh, final scene really <laughs> synced it for me. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. <sighs> 
he gets it for a couple of reasons. I mean, I, I didn't think anything was wrong with the performance. No, I don't either. But his character isn't, I mean, it's not supposed to be likable because he is kind of the villain along with Janice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that last scene is just really bad. I mean, it yeah. just really was not good. So I'm yeah. 100% with you on him as being the, the Ross. All right, so we have to come to our ratings now. Uh, we have a five-tier rating here on the Main Attraction Podcast. The top of our list is Game of Thrones. Next to Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the Road, of course, is Friends. Uh, beneath Friends is a full house. At the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. We were both at Lost. Are you pushing this down after watching the finale? Are you leaving it there? What are you doing? I'm, I'm pushing down to Friends. Uh, like I said, to me, this brought up some of the issues that were there that I was ignoring. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, like I said, I've I've been you know between friends and lost. I kind of gone yeah. back and forth with it, but after watching this episode, it definitely got pushed out to friends. I mean, it yeah. really hurt my overall opinion of of the show yeah, in general. I agree. I mean, it just yeah, because really because be honest, would you recommend this to people? I would say if you got nothing better to watch, then yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, maybe like right now where TV is a little slower, maybe. Yeah, that's about the only way. But the, if you know, there there are a lot of things I would recommend before it. But I was like, if you've watched all the right, other right, stuff right. That, that you know, all the other stuff that we'll eventually talk about on our top ten list for the year, I'm like, right. if you watch all that stuff, yeah, sure, go ahead and watch this. But I'm not like just going out of my way to tell people to, to recommend it. Like yeah. we actually had one of our listeners uh, talk to us on Twitter about this a, f- a few weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, I would recommend it. I thought, I think it's good. I don't think it's great, but I think it's really good. That kind of changes <laughs> with this episode. Yeah. So yeah. it really just, I mean, it is that bad of a, a finale should never be your worst episode. Yeah. And this, to me, it was by far the worst episode of the season. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, it's like 7.3 on IMDb. Yeah, it it's is. The- I'm shocked it's not lower. I'm a little it surprised it's be, not either. It, it will be in the six before long. I can't imagine it not going down that low because it's. I, I just don't see. There's very few redeeming qualities to this episode. Yeah. There really are. So, all right. Uh, so that kind of wraps up our first season of the peripheral. Uh, if we recover a second season, maybe we'll talk about. Maybe we may have to watch an episode of it too before we decide if we want to cover it again. Yeah. So, uh, but let's go ahead and get into things that uh, we're looking forward to. So, what are some things you're looking forward to that are so, coming out? I'm, I'm, uh, one, uh, the George and Tammy, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, uh, oh, yeah. series on Showtime starring Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain comes out tonight. I I cannot wait to watch that. Yeah, that should be good. Uh, I cannot wait to see Michael Shannon as George Jones getting arrested <laughs> in the DUI scenes on the, uh, on the tractor. I know that's going to be in this, and I can't wait to see Michael Shannon as Crazy George Jones. Right. I'm so excited about this. Uh, that's one. The other thing is, uh, I know I bring up this topic every once in a while. I feel like we've covered it several times, but Netflix, what the hell are you doing? They let Mike Flanagan go to Amazon. Oh, if you really? don't know who no. if you don't know who Mike Flanagan is, it's the Midnight Club, oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the House of the uh, God. The Hill House, yeah, how the, Hill uh, House. Mm-hmm. House of Blue. Uh, what is it called? Hold on, let me look at all. This guy's put out a ton of hit stuff. Right, Midnight Mass, The Haunting. Oh, Midnight Mass. Of, did he do Midnight Mass? I didn't realize he did that. He did. He did the Midnight Club, Midnight Mass, The Haunting of Bly Manor, The Haunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game. 
this is all he's done for Netflix, and they've all been huge hits. Well, that's and, another thing. Let me stop it right there real quick because you know one of the things I'm going to mention <laughs> that I was I'm going to go ahead and mention it now. One thing I'm looking forward to is if we can ever figure out why Netflix does the things they do because they've canceled Midnight Club for a second. They're not doing a second season of it, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. why? That was I, I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. I heard it was I heard it was really good. Like for two weeks, yeah. it was all I heard people talking about right. was the Midnight Club, and they canceled it. I'm like, well, what do you people do? <laughs> and this is why because mike flanagan's leaving yeah I, I so maybe know. amazon will pick it up i don't know netflix could be i could see them being where they don't want to give him the uh, i'm sure they don't the, yeah uh so he has one more show for them and it's pretty much the cast of his other stuff so mm. he has one more good hit for them but i'm just i'm just shocked they'd let him go i would have thought the, like you paid Ron Murphy and all these people all this money, like you should have given this guy whatever he wanted. He has yeah. put out huge hits for them every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has, and like I said, and I, some of them have been canceled the first season. I don't, uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, you got any more? No, that's it. All right. So for me, this week was uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but I did pay attention to it some. Uh, the Brazil Comic Con took place this week, and oh, yeah. on I don't remember what day it was. It was either Wednesday or Thursday of this week. There were three trailers that came out because of that. That I'm just like, oh yes, I can't wait. So the first one was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I've been kind of hesitant about this fifth Indiana Jones film. I know, but I saw the trailers. Like, okay, yeah, I'm bought in. I, I, I will be there. I will. I will buy yeah. my ticket and I will be there because the trailer looks really good. The trailer looked fantastic. I felt like Al Pacino and The Godfather Three. <laughs> Every time they put push me out, they pull me back in. They really Every time do. I think about they pull me back in. They really you know? do. And and I, I'm glad that they go by the Ron Nelson uh, theory of that fourth movie never happened. <laughs> that's right well, because it's it's that that one's bad so yeah. uh but yeah like i said uh, i saw that trailer i was like okay yeah this looks good and it looks like the de-aging that they've done on harrison ford and the de-aging scenes look pretty good and that's it just the trailer too good man it did look good so uh so that was one uh second one i saw was the guardians of the galaxy volume three Oh man! Looks fantastic. I mean, it sure does. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be. Look, it looks like it. They've talked about this being a much more emotional film, a much more, uh, you know, much sadder in tone. But it still looks like it's going to have the the classic, uh, fun, laughing, lots of laughter. It's it's going to kind of mix the two. So I'm, I'm yeah. I can't wait. This is basically James Gunn's swan song from the MCU is he's getting ready to take over wow. as the Kevin Feige of of DC. But uh, yeah. I, I lo- the, the trailer for that was absolutely fantastic so it was uh the last one i saw on whatever day this was it was the uh, rise of the beast the new transformers movie look i hated all but the first original transformers movies uh i absolutely couldn't stand them then they went and did a what was supposed to be a prequel but now it seems to be a soft reboot with bumblebee uh did you ever see bumblebee I did not. I know you said it was really good. It is. Someone else mentioned that it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie, and I loved that. And this is supposed to be like kind of like picking up where it left off. I never. I was too. I was like a in sixteen or seventeen when the uh, Beast Wars cartoons came out that were part of the Transformers. Uh, but this is basically yeah. kind of picking up their story. And I can't. The trailer looks great on this. I mean, it looks absolutely fantastic. So I can't wait to. I really want to see this. Look, getting Michael Bay away from that franchise is, is like a, is a dream come Man, true to no me. No kidding. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. They're they're the, all three of those were released in the summer, but they had the, the trailers for them uh, at Brazil Comic Con, and 
I, yeah. was, I was eating all three of them up. So it, let, let me shout out Bumblebee starring our guy, John Cena. That's right. John Cena's in that. And that's, he's not great in it, but he's okay. <laughs> so Don't you bad about John hey, Cena this, on this podcast. This, so was, well. this was before he kind of figured things out, I think, for, as, as an actor, to be perfectly honest with you. So, because uh, he was, uh, he was okay before he kind of, because he kind of, once he kind of got into the comedy stuff, I think that's when yeah. he kind of figured out his, his, what he could do well as uh, as an actor. So, all right. Uh, I guess that wraps us up then, doesn't it? That does. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to add before we head off? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.